us all over again. <laughs> Hello everybody, welcome to the 13th episode of the Fusion Underground. I'm your host Manuel Ramirez and I'm joined again as always in the virtual studio by my brother and dear friend Jason Moret. How are you doing sir? I'm good brother, I'm good. And I'm all, we're also joined, we have a special guest on, um, uh, Keith Wagner is his name. Keith is the founder of Button Smasher. He's the founder, he's the brainchild, he's the producer, he is like everything around a new mobile app called button smasher we're going to be talking about button smasher uh talking about like how did he get into this whole thing what's going on with button smasher and uh, for those that do not like video games well i'm sorry but we're going to be talking about video games this entire episode why not because keith's platform his application is all about video games so we thought why not? We're in between seasons still, so let's talk. Let's make the whole thing fun. We're just gonna make it fun. No, we're not gonna be talking about COVID. I got yelled at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to rant about teachers either. Boo. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> so, so here at Fusion Underground, we try to make sense of the world by having principled discussions about such topics as entertainment, current events, politics, and culture. Our mission is to educate people to become critical thinkers so they can live more empowered and happier lives. As always, you can find all of our shows out on our website at fusionunderground.net. We're on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash azfusionunderground. And you can catch us on YouTube, Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Stitcher. Um, and you can send us hate mail contact at fusionunderground.net or you can look us up on twitter at the fu brothers we're out there as well <laughs> so yeah it's a lot of fun all right so um you know what one thing that we one thing that we end up doing you know we do this from time to time and we have to be really careful uh keith um <laughs> is we have so we we'd like to do these things where uh we call them palate cleansers that's what that's what jason <laughs> referred to them as as palate cleansers and it's just a way to kind of set the stage and have a little bit of fun and so I'm always looking out well one we have to be careful because sometimes we get we get like we get yelled at from uh, from YouTube like hey there was copyrighted material on that like if there's a song but I don't think there's any copyrighted material on this oh um, hopefully yeah we'll, I, I we'll saw find this. out <laughs> there's no way to find out <laughs> yeah. yeah I uh, so let me so you, you've all like broken up with people in the past, right? I mean, like, you know, dating somebody um, and then, you know, broken it off and try to figure out like, well, just exactly what, what's going on and how to actually do that. Um, this here is 
kind of the same thing. So basically somebody broke up with somebody else and um, well, they played a pretty, what's, well, it's kind of a horrible prank, but uh, I think Jason will get a kick out of it. So here it is. Let me play it for you. Oh, it's all for my benefit. That's 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 scary. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) But it's actually kind of funny. Hopefully this comes across. I know it's a little grainy because it's blown up a lot bigger than than what it what it should be. But uh, check check this out. Oh wait, why, why, why don't I have sound? Oh, that's cool. That's interesting, <laughs> right? Yeah, man, she sounds upset. Come on, how far I don't have sound? Let me see. You're not catching that either, huh? Uh, no, I'm not getting any of it. Oh my gosh! Oh, like, you know, total technical problems here. Oh, no, the whole thing. Oh, I know why. Aha. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Because there's another sound button over here. Now let's try it. <laughs> I told you, we're really high tech over here at the Fusion Underground. Here we go. Ken's mother has been forced to block dozens of calls after her ex-partner allegedly took her phone number and plastered it on polls here around the CBD, telling people to call up and impersonate Chewbacca for a chance to win $100. This would be the most childish breakup I've ever had. Like, all he had to do was be mature and go, I don't love you anymore, I want to move on. The calls have been waking her and her three young children up at odd hours in the evening, and they're yet to stop. (laughs) I won 500 bucks. Well, I'm getting phone calls at really strange hours of the night, about 1 o'clock till 4 o'clock. Forced to call back the wannabe Wookiees and tear down the posters. Cam's mother has been forced to block it. <laughs> I love that. I love Why that. did I think of that? Right? <laughs> totally sounds something like Jason would do, too. Yeah. Hey, hey, or, hey. Or maybe now. that somebody would do to you. Maybe that's better. That I could probably see. Yeah, that's a little yeah. bit more likely. Well, and I will, admit, I will say, at least in uh, today's age, um, that's a little bit milder than what could be out there. You know, just calling somebody up and giving a good Wookiee roar is uh, well, maybe not nearly as bad as what it could be. I want to hear the rest of them. I want to hear like all of the others. And, you know, it's supposed to be a contest. I mean, all I, the other. Almost uh, too excited to answer the phone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and here's the thing. If they're calling you at one or three o'clock in the morning, uh, just turn the ringer off. I yeah. don't know. Like, <laughs> like I said, she wanted it. You know, I'd play yeah. along. Somebody get this walking carpet out of my way. You know, (laughs) things like that. Yeah. Why not? Um, Okay. So enough of that. I like it. That's the palate cleanser, huh? That's the palate cleanser. That's the the ginger between the uh, California roll and the the spicy tuna. And the spicy tuna. So, uh, so you know, you 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 produced this uh, this application, Keith, called Button Smasher. Why don't Why don't you Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? I've been playing with it today. Actually, I downloaded it uh, was it a week or two ago, and I was trying it out. And then I downloaded it. I mean, I, I didn't have to download it. It was already on my phone. But I logged back in. And I was playing around with it. Um, you've got a lot more stuff out there now. Why don't you Why don't you tell us a little bit about your application? Yeah, I appreciate it. First of all, I mean, um, it's it's been a long progress uh, as we've been kind of upgrading and updating everything in there. So, you know, you you saw a little bit of that ground floor with a lot of our other uh, beta 
um, users. So going into our first version, uh, we've definitely updated a lot of things. And, you know, the, the easiest way I like to describe this to people that they can actually relate to is it is Rotten Tomatoes for yeah. video games. It's an unbiased aggregate review system that, you know, it really uh, sort of turns the world on its head as far as the, um, you know, industry goes, because there's, there's plenty of stuff out there. The, the market is saturated when it comes to unique individuals putting out their two cents, you know, but there's never really been something that takes all of it, good, bad, unbiased, bias, and sort of puts it into one system. Yeah. And it, well, and I like that as a gamer, because I love playing video games. I play video games, too, uh, all the time. Well, not all the time. Not as much as I would probably like. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that I noticed in there is you have, uh, you're actually, you've got a weighted system, right, from the critics. Yep. Can, you, can you explain what, that, what that's about? Well, first of all, before we get into that, though, I want to just kind of talk briefly about how this works. I mean, you've got people that like as a user, me logging in, I can find games and then I can review them. I can rank them, et cetera. But then you're also comparing that to the critic side. So can you talk a little bit how, how you're bringing all this together? Yeah, there's a lot of avenues that sort of come together and meet up in one, but um, you know, they all have their very distinct purpose. Me, being a gamer, obviously, also, um, I really sort of took my time to figure out what was missing out there and what I would want to you know, use daily. So, uh, so like you said, being a gamer, the biggest thing that we did separate from everybody else is we gamified the review system. So going in there, you create a profile and you basically start out at a zero level. And as you start reviewing and upvoting, downvoting, uh, going through the platform and doing actions in the platform itself, your rank goes up. So you're actually leveling up one, two, three, four in the system. So it's perfect for gamers to actually go in there. And it sort of gives you um, trophies, you get uh, tiers, you get accolades. It's, it's really unique in the way that we've motivated people to leave reviews. Um, you know, it's not just your average angry customer going to chew out the restaurant they just ate at. It's, it's yeah. definitely more of a um, going in there and playing and, and having a purpose to, to go in there and do these reviews. So uh, that being said, the main reason that we have a weighted system is for that review progress. When you go through, basically we're vetting you as a reviewer you know when you start out at level one your weightage is definitely not as valuable in our uh proprietary algorithm our system that we created as somebody who's been there for two years rating video games on a consistent basis so we've really kind of cornered our own market and and we're able to come up with something that not only is fun to do but it's practical the, the answers, the reviews, the, the system that we're building all has a purpose, like I said. So it's not just, you know, this guy, this girl was paid X amount of dollars to go in there and leave nasty reviews or, or really good over buffed reviews. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so as you, you know, you said you got to play around in there a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of curious uh, what you think and what have you been seeing? Well, I love having everything right at my fingertips and, and scrolling through. Um, I, I particularly like the, the function of 
you know, being able to look at upcoming games, but then also what people are saying about those upcoming games in one spot. Because if you go out to, um, I haven't really been so um, voracious about getting video game reviews as I was in the past. But, um, you know, even a few years ago, it was, it was always, I was always having to go to multiple sites to see, well, what did IGN say? And what did Kotaku say? And what did uh, Polygon say? And, and, you know, and trying to triangulate and trying to, you know, to figure out and, um, you know, the ability to go to one location and to get a sense of how not just other gamers are rating something, but also critics as well, because I use, I use Rotten Tomatoes all the time when, when there's a movie coming out or if I'm thinking about, well, what movie do I want to go see? Or is there something, you know, playing on, even if it's just on Amazon prime, you know, it's like, well, what did Rotten Tomatoes say about this before I waste my time on it? Um, I could see that your app being a very similar way because it's a one-stop shop to find out information about yep. the application, which I, which I really like. So one of the questions that I had, though, because as I was playing around with it, you really do get the sense that it's like Rotten Tomatoes. Um, you know, there was a, was it last year sometime? Um, maybe it was during, gosh, for, I, I want to say it was during the uh, Captain Marvel debacle. Oh. Yeah, yeah, Black um, Panther and, and uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, and, and I know Rotten Tomatoes shut down the way they were doing, the way people were able, uh, like just regular fans were able to do um, ratings of, of films. And I know even Netflix, they used to have that star system, and now they just went to a, a thumbs up or thumbs down right. on the show. And these platforms were doing that because fans were basically bombing these sites and driving the reviews down. How do you, how, you know, does, how are you trying to, I guess, protect from that? Or is that, or is that even a concern for you? Yeah. You know, that's always, especially in, <laughs> in video games, that whole ecosystem is full of trolls. You know, everybody loves to go yeah. on troll. That's one of the biggest things. Now, um, we, we kind of have a two part answer to that. Uh, one being that obviously we have a really great, um, you know, back end as far as software and our, our security goes. So we're not going to get a lot of those fake reviewers, those fake buffs, uh, or, or overly, you know, <laughs> a little heavy sometimes on the negative reviews. We're weeding a lot of that out with, like I said, our betting system. You know, if somebody's coming in there and, and our system snags them as being sort of ungenuine, uh, we can definitely tell right away. It, it doesn't take long at all. Um, that's one of the things we're actually real proud of is that proprietary algorithm back there that catches these people doing this kind of thing. Um, not to say people don't leave you know, honest, super negative or positive reviews, but our system will be able to vet them and see you know, if it's a trend that they do or, or whatever the case may be. But the second part of that going into it is uh, sort of like you mentioned, where we have a two-part rating system one being the users and the second part being the critics and, and the platforms that are already out there. So we aggregate or collect both of those answers and give you the two separate reviews. So, you know, not too long ago in the gaming world, uh, not so much as Netflix or, or uh, Rotten Tomatoes in the movies, but we had a game called Fallout 76, <laughs> and now Fallout 76, not to pick on them or anything, there's been yeah. plenty of others, but, you know, they really had a, a really big, exaggerated um, uh, 
I mean, everybody wanted to play that game, and it, it really came out with a 5 out of 5 and 10 out of 10 everywhere you would look. And as the users started playing it, and the gamers, myself, all the other ones, they realized that really what didn't live up to what it was supposed to be by any means. So you really get the sense that, you know, those numbers were being pumped up or injected like that. So um, having the two-part system, it's up to you as the buyer or the player or the user to, to take it upon yourself. What do you trust? You know, if, if the critic review is a five out of five and the users are giving it a one and a half, then, you know, it's up to you to decide who you trust or, and we have all of that written out as well. You know, it's just like any other review site where you will see written reviews. But to tag on that part you were saying about the star system or the uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, we went a little further and, and really got deep as far as we don't just say, oh, four out of five, five out of five. It was fun to play. It was terrible to play. We go into uh, the gameplay the soundtrack the controls was it worth the money what we have all these little granular things that you get to as easy as swiping on the stars one two three you just get to go through and, and give all of your feedback in this star system that's super granular I mean you don't even have to write a review technically but it does help out for a lot of the people like you said who are buyers or, or players like me that definitely look at those kind of reviews before I buy a game you know, Blockbuster isn't around anymore. I can't rent a game before I buy it. But <laughs> um, it definitely helps out. Yeah. One, well, you know, one game that I was thinking about, um, and I should have looked it up, looked up, looked it up on, the, on the app, and I didn't because I just remembered the game now, is The Last of Us Part Two. So that oh, yeah. just came out not too long ago. And, and that had, has wild differences in terms of what the critics are saying versus what fans yeah. are saying. You know, we've talked about kind of woke culture in on our podcast in the past, and and that's a game where woke culture landed right on top of that, and it and it trend and it basically you know presented itself in the reviews as people were were playing through it. I mean, a lot of fans just despise the game, but a lot of critics are celebrating it because of its its wokeness, I guess. So, have you yeah. seen any of that yet in, in your app or no? Yeah, just launching literally as of today, going live for the first version. Um, you know, we've been going through our, our beta crowd and, and whatnot, so we've definitely got some feedback in there, but it's only going to grow every single day. Every yeah. single new person's going to see, and it's going to adjust that, that rating system that we have. So we'll find out soon enough what everybody really thinks about it. Um, you know, me, myself, I haven't gotten to play it yet, but I know I'm, I'm definitely amped and excited to play it, but we'll see how it turns out. Um, and, you know, to touch on that note real quick too, we are updating and adding titles daily. Everything is, is growing every single day, every minute as we speak right now, uh, new titles are being added. So it is going to grow over time. So we, uh, we urge people to just check back in every day and, and give those reviews. Well, and it'll continue to grow as more and more oh, games yeah. get, get released. Yeah. Oh, it's not so, going anywhere. And especially, you know, <laughs> With the, with the pandemic, I think gaming right now is kind of hit an all-time high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Home. Definitely has. So so tell me, how did you, um, like, how long have you been developing this whole thing, developing this platform? Oof. Well, I'd like to say it's been a brainchild for uh, about five years or so. Um, you know, going everything from writing on the, the bar napkin all the way up to uh, finding our first couple of developers and getting it 
up to what it is now has definitely been a progress. Um, there's been some hiccups along the way. We've pretty much actually had to restart from scratch not too long ago. So um, it's definitely different than a lot of people might remember it if they saw it when we launched at E3 two years ago. Um, so again, you know, we definitely can't wait to see what people say about the new platform or, or the new look and the new uh, user interface. So I'd say five years easy. Um, it's been wow. something that's been on my mind and something I've been dabbling with myself before we hired on the team that we have now, which I am extremely grateful and proud of. Um, they were really getting it done. So do you have a background in software development or is this just a, a labor of love and you went out and found the people who could do it for you? This right here is a labor of love. Um, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Okay. You know, I've taken some high school classes that kind of gave me the, uh, the wireframe that I was able to show these developers. But yeah, when I found the right team, um, they really were able to get on board to take my vision and put it into life and be able to say, yes, that's, that's it. That's what we were looking for. That's what we needed. And, and they are gamers themselves. So it just, one thing led to the next and we got what we got just from uh, a passion, all the gamers coming together and creating what they knew they needed. So, I mean, that's pretty cool because a lot of, a lot of times people that I've talked to in the past uh, about you know, building an app or, you know, just kind of brainstorming things or sharing ideas, there are a lot of people I think feel like they, they need to be a developer in order to create a mobile app. Um, but you're telling me, no, you don't need to be a developer to do that. You just need to have that drive and that vision. Yeah, if you have the ambition, I mean, you can really make anything, not to sound cheesy, but you can make anything come true, really, because I, I could barely, you know, code a web page on, on uh, WordPress, let alone do anything of this nature. And just having these guys in my corner really helped out, and, and they felt the passion that I had about it, and just being upfront with them and, and honest and an open communication line. And yeah, I, I would say... I mean, it definitely wasn't up my sleeve as far as capabilities go, but I found the right people to help me get it done. So you said you you just launched the first uh, the first main version one today, right? Right. Um, and so, how is with you know you mentioned the pandemic just a minute ago? Uh, I'm sure that's probably put a put a kink in your plans of launching this. I mean, E3 didn't happen, right? Um, yeah. San Diego Comic-Con didn't happen. All the It was a big blow. Yeah. Yeah. So how has that, has that impacted you? How have you tried to, I guess, roll with the punches with the pandemic? Have you done anything differently to try to promote and get, no. to get this thing out? I, I really have to say it's, it's the, it's the old blessing and curse adage because, you know, as, as hard of a hit as it was, like you said, we you know we were actually going to be headlining at E3 before they canceled. And we had all kinds of plans. We had a whole tour basically of conventions lined up that just didn't happen. Um, and not only that, but a lot of the marketing hype really wasn't there for gaming in general. You know, I know a few titles are even being pushed back to 2021 just because yeah. There's not a lot of hype that they can generate right now. I mean, it's online basically. So that being as, as terrible and as big of a hit as it was to us kind of set us back. But having all that spare time, I mean, I was really able to get it locked in and dialed in and focus on what we needed to do and, and 
get it to that next stage a lot faster than we could, you know, and um, our developer actually um, caught COVID and he was out for about a good week or two. Um, but, you know, he was still working in bed from home. We, we got it done. <laughs> <laughs> See, if you can code, you can teach. That's right. <laughs> I, told I said I wasn't going to talk about that. <laughs> 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 you can work from home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great stuff. So one of the things that I noticed that's, um, that's not in your app, and I don't know if you have any plans on doing this, but I thought I would ask, what about eSports? I mean, there's a huge eSport you know, yeah. uh, following, um, and that has to do a lot with video games. Any, any interest of, of, of doing that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I know esports really. Um, again, the pandemic kind of took its toll on it. You know, not a lot of mass gatherings going on out there. You, you can do a lot of it online, but definitely hitting just about anything you can think of esports. Um, you know, even uh, 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 cryptocurrencies and things like that. We're really going to hit it from every angle that we can because Button Smasher isn't just the platform itself; it's a brand. And, you know, we definitely plan on sponsoring some teams and getting out there and having live streams and having our own separate feeds. And, and we're really going to make it somewhere everybody in the gaming community can call home, whether you're just playing, watching, have your own stream. It's just something to add to your repertoire. And, yeah, we want to make it entertaining, you know. That's the yeah. whole point. There's got to be a purpose to download this app on your phone and – making it fun, making it entertaining, giving you somewhere like another outlet, YouTube, Twitch, all these guys. I think that was the whole purpose. So yeah, definitely going to have some esports on there. That's exciting okay. stuff. Yeah. I mean, and the reason why I asked that is because yeah, I was looking at, uh, you know, after playing with your, your application, again, that sounds dirty, <laughs> dirty it actually is, but um, I was looking at some esports stuff, you know, esports, they were predicted to hit about $1.1 billion in 2020 in revenue. I don't know if they, if that happened um, because of the, the, the COVID stuff. Um, but still they were 950 million as a, as an industry. It was 950 million in 20, in 2019. So, so the jump to 1.1 billion is, is um, pretty remarkable. Um, what was oh, interesting yeah. that I saw was that three quarters of that, three quarters of their revenue is expected to come from media rights and sponsorship. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely one of the biggest, biggest revenue generators in the industry right now is everybody's jumping on board. You know, everybody wants a chunk of this, uh, this new industry. Uh, it's mm -hmm. coming back, I think, but yeah, they're, they're really getting into it. Yeah. And, and I was kind of, I was, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, well, how, you know, it, do you think that there's, um, that there's a, a ceiling from the esports perspective? What, well, and let me, let me, kind of explain that a little bit you know when we have like sports like basketball or soccer um you know the the game is always the game right there's always basketball games and no matter what level you're playing it at um the game itself doesn't change but when we're talking about esports the games do change you know one 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 year or one quarter it's overwatch and then it's call of duty and then it's you know league of legends or you know somebody's always they're always developing the new version of the game yeah um and so I, i've always wondered like how how is it is it sticky enough you know uh when we talk about league of legends well is league of legends going to be around in 80 years right or you know basketball as a game will 
probably still be around for 80 years. It's been around for that long, you know, same with like football oh, yeah. and soccer and stuff like that. But video games change. Do, do you see that as a plus or, or uh, you know, a pro or a con? Or I, You know what? I, I, in my personal opinion, I, I got to see it as all pros. I mean, we're just okay. getting started with this right now. Everything's adapting and, and changing. And, you know, in 80 years, like you said, people are probably going to be playing the retro, you know, Overwatch kind of series where other people are going to be getting into the augmented reality video games where they're going to be playing against each other physically, but with the headset on, you know, it's, it's only going to go up. There really is no ceiling as far as I see just besides people's creativity. I mean, people can come up with new things all day long. Just look in the last 10 years, last 10 years. I mean, technology has gone through the roof in video gaming. You'd almost think it was, (laughs) I I mean, it's, it's not going to stop anytime soon. That's for sure. Yeah. So what, what's the next thing for you in, in, uh, for Button Smasher? You know, what's, what's coming down the pipe? That anything you can share with us or you know, talk about? Any kind of pie oh, yeah. in the sky plans or anything like that? Yeah, we've, we've got plenty of tricks up our sleeve. You know, we're just uh, trickling it out little by little so that we can make sure we stay relevant and, and give everybody the, real, the, the best experience they can. But like I said, you know, eSports is in there. Um, we're going to actually be gamifying the system a little more and like i said carrying the brand further um you know one of the things you'll notice right away on the app when you go in there is uh when you click on the gamification in the center you'll be real familiar with it if you've been in the dating world at all because it's basically a swiping function like uh like tinder or any of the other dating apps i don't know if i'm okay wondering. <laughs> um, it's just like <laughs> other ones where we made it so simple it's so easy where yeah. you know you, you can swipe on games to get them out of your way or swipe up and down if you liked them or disliked them and it gives you the, the prompt and I mean it's it's really creative what's going on right now and yeah there's definitely a few more things to come but right now we're, we're going to pump out those titles and make sure our library is is the best and we're already actually far exceeding a lot of the other uh uh, big names out there that have these large databases. We're, we're catching up on them real quick and probably going to pass them up within the next, you know, couple months if I'm being optimistic. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, and there's a lot of ways for you to, to, to monetize this in terms of the data you're collecting or just yeah. the, you know, just being able to, you know, synthesize and, and pull all of this data together. Even if you just, I mean, you know, Companies love data. They love spending money on, on capturing data. I love. I know marketers love data. I'm sure marketers yep. in a few years might be chomping at the bit to get their hands on some of on some of that information so they could oh, they yeah. can figure out what new games to create. I mean, there's a there's a lot yeah. of opportunity here. And you talked about your algorithm. I mean, that alone. So there's a. I think there's a lot of potential behind Button Smasher. Oh yeah, and when it comes to that, you know, um, not just monetizing it necessarily, but it really helps the industry. Um, you know, sure, if these yeah. publishers and these people who are creating these games or marketing them really want to know what people are into, you know, if you go to some of these other sites, you're just getting people's opinions um, from that company. Um, whereas when you come and start seeing our pretty infographics and all the things that we offer our, our subscribers, um, you're really going to find out what people in what regions and what age groups and, and so on and so forth, what they're playing, what they're not playing. And not just that, but at, at a glimpse, just, just at a quick look, you're going to be able to tell why 
why they like and dislike what what's out there. So uh, yeah, that was really one of our focuses going forward is, is making sure that these developers and these publishers have sort of a vetted, trusted source of this data instead of just buying, you know, whatever's kind of out there. <laughs> yeah, taking a risk. Yeah, take, exactly. Taking a risk on a $60 game. And, yeah, uh, you know, I, it's not my opinion. It's not any of my employees' opinion. It's, it's your opinions and it's, it's other critics' opinions all put into one. So you can really look at it as, as either, you know, the actual written reviews and go word by word, or you can see the algorithm that we've created to give you that star rating. Yeah. So you, there's a lot of talk on, on social media about silencing and canceling people or silencing different voices and whatnot based on opinions that people share. So if people are going out and reviewing things, um, is your, are you really trying to just say, hey, you know what, our algorithm tries to deal with it as best it can, but we're not silencing people? Or do you, are you gonna, do you feel that you might have to step in and say, okay, this person, I have to ban them from my platform? I mean, how are you, how are you no. trying to balance that mix? It's always so, a tender issue. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, <laughs> interesting and like i said over the last couple of years we've really kind of tried to nail it down and, and hone in on that but um no no by any means we don't want to silence people there's there's opinions out there you, you can't change people's opinions they're going to be good or bad or or uh, a little trollish you know maybe funny whatever the case is the biggest thing we're looking for are the the spammers the the people who are creating multiple okay. accounts the people who are trying to overdo it on on <clears throat> excuse me buffing up or or dropping down certain games with multiple accounts and so on like i said so yeah. i can't change people's opinions you know if if jason hates a game and you love a game your guys are gonna tell us all about it and then you know what that's even better because then when you know player three comes in to read they're gonna have both of those to look at and gauge for themselves yeah okay good stuff so where can people find your your app well, um, you can start off by just going to buttonsmasher.com. It's okay. just like it sounds, and uh, you can download it from there or you know, run around the internet a little bit and check it out on the uh, site itself. Um, you can see everything. It's all free. It's a totally freemium kind of platform. Uh, no ifs, ands, or buts, no paid to play, nothing like that. You just create an account go in there and start reviewing, doing your thing. And, and you don't even necessarily have to create an account just to go in there and check it out. So I would say start at buttonsmasher.com. Otherwise, you know, just search it on the uh, Google Play or the App Store, um, iOS, it's out there. So okay. start downloading guys and, and we appreciate all the feedback and, and being on the ground floor with us is we're only gonna go up. Yeah, can you get it on um like, you know, like uh, Amazon, Amazon Kindle, or is it just for Apple and Android devices? Uh, Apple and Android right now, as okay. we start seeing the, the necessity for it, absolutely. We're, we're definitely going to even go into those window phones and whatnot, you know, so yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll make it work. Cool. All right. <laughs> so, okay. So, um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for talking about your app. I mean, it, like I said, um, I think it's a pretty cool app. Um, I really, I had a lot of fun, you know, it, it only takes a couple of seconds to figure out how to actually use it. Yep. So it's very intuitive. I, I, I found that uh, to be really nice about it. There's a, you have a ton of games out there. And like you said, you're adding a ton over and over again. So um, I can definitely see this being a go-to spot. You know, tell me about this game. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Not only that, but you'll have, so if you think about it like a social side of it, you know, you're going to have, uh, you can follow reviewers themselves. So, you know, if this, oh, okay. uh, if this person that you really like their opinions, if they play a lot of racing games and maybe you're really into racing games, you can actually follow the other users. So you'll get their opinions first and really kind of trust them if you want. And that gives you the opportunity as a reviewer to build a new community, build a new crowd, you know? So yeah. sky's the limit for, for that. And me being a gamer, like I said, I can't reiterate enough. I use it for a reason because, you know, I created it, but because I am a gamer, I, I am all about, you know, getting on the sticks and, and having a good time. <laughs> so what games are you playing now? Anything, um, anything well, interesting? I'm still I'm catching up a little bit, you know, I was uh, trying to find that PS5, but there's no pre-orders yet, so I'm still uh, running around on the consoles, but I just finished uh, the new Doom Eternal, um, you know, that's a hack oh, okay. and slap, that's all action, man, let me tell you, I, I actually love that one, because it's just, as soon as you turn it on, it's nonstop. <laughs> it's almost a little much, but, uh, you know, this here, too. Like I said, that's that's where it's at right now. Um, I mean, geez, half the demographic right now are older than me because, you know, it's people playing games on their phone. It's mobile. It's easy to get to. It's casual. Yeah. So I've definitely been playing some things on there. The new Mario Kart, I'm addicted to that, man. And, of course, Pokemon Go, I'm out at the park all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Take a break. <laughs> My girlfriend... My girlfriend's trying to find me, and I'm like, no, no, babe, I, I'm not catching <laughs> You know, I don't play mobile games. I don't play games on my phone. Well, the only games I play on my phone are, like, crossword puzzles and Mahjong and boring games Game. like that. But I, games yeah, I know. I, that's kind of how I feel, but I'm a, I'm a big PC gamer. I just, finished, um, I just finished a game called Rise, Son of Rome. I know it's been out for a while. Uh, it was on on consoles, but I picked it up off of the Steam sale, and uh, and I played through it. It's a very short game; it's only about maybe six, seven hours long. Um, but it was if you've ever played any of the like the Batman Arkham Asylum type of games, oh yeah, it's just it's kind of along that same vein. Um, I really got the only one of the biggest complaints that I had about that game was the fact that uh, I you kill the same fat barbarian. Like a thousand times, because <laughs> the developers, the developers only use like three people, or or the or their their models, and like the one was like. But here's the thing, like so when you when you would do like this combination, right? You do these combos, and then you can like execute them, and then it zooms in and it goes into like this slow mo, and it's it's pretty badass, and you're just like jacking dudes up, right? But then I would like zoom in and I'm like, okay, I'm tired of looking at the same fat barbarian <laughs> with the long hair and the goatee. Well, um, you know, maybe maybe enough people play it like you, they can afford a little better uh, yeah. apartment next time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I love it. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's still hooking you, right? So that's yeah. okay. So I was I just finished another game too on a PC. I got it off of Steam. It was an indie game. It was called Epi Story. EPI story. I think that was right. Uh, but it's a typing game. So it's this oh. little fantasy based, it's like a fantasy, little fantasy world. It's a little storyline that you follow. It's like, you know, maybe 10 hours worth of gameplay. But uh, when you get into an area, like to solve puzzles, you have to type. And then you get into these situations where there's a bunch of creatures that are approaching you and you have to type words. And some of the words are, are just like two or three letter words. 
But does it use autocorrect or <laughs> I might No, <laughs> like if you if you're typing and you type like half of the word and then you keep mistyping, you don't so you get credit for like every letter that you hit correctly. Uh-huh. But they're but they're moving toward you and you have different spells. So you have like ice which freezes okay. them in place and then fire which burns them and does additional damage, like a damage over time. You have a wind power that blows them mm. back and and, and so you get these different powers, but you have to switch between the powers and you switch by typing words. And then, so, but then you're getting surrounded and you're just getting like bombarded by all these creatures that are trying to attack you. And you have to type freaking yeah. fast to get them all. And then some of them, you have to, you have to succeed multi, with multiple words and you'll get like these 15 letter words and you might have to hit them like four or five times. With, and th- what that means is, four or five different words. So you get rid of one word and then another word pops up and you have to get rid of that word. Um, and it can get pretty darn stressful yeah. for just a second. It's not just your WASD. It's not your no. usual. <laughs> you <laughs> the whole it. keyboard now. Yeah, but I loved it. I had such a great time. Well, Jason, yeah, are, you playing, yeah, are you playing any games? Or you have two little ones and so you probably are not. Uh, yeah, no, I haven't played many games recently. I actually just finished uh, a free one that was on uh, Game Pass for Xbox. It was called Observation. Oh. And uh, I have 100% honesty. I still now can't figure out whether I liked it, loved it, hated it, or despised that game. I'm still confused as to what the hell just happened in the last five hours of gameplay. I am lost. And I I like intriguing storylines. I really do like like the murder mystery type games. I enjoy those. They've always been intriguing to me. Um, and I feel like I I don't know what the hell just happened. It's like M Night Shyamalan just um, <laughs> threw up Three all over a sci-fi twist with a backstory plot and a sideways confusion line that just I, I'm. I'm like, no, I actually now, and I think it's just really crappy storytelling because they left holes just almost for the sake of creating this confused look on every gamer's face. That's what they wanted. They're taking screenshots and they're going to make a collage of all those. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, because it was just bizarre. So I want to ask you, go ahead. The puzzles in the actual gameplay were, I thought were uniquely intriguing it it was i like puzzle games that you have to go along and actually solve puzzles in order to progress in the story and they were very different from every other puzzle type game that i was used to so it kept me interested to see how they were going to move it along and then they had a storyline you remember top gun (laughs) i went like this and he went like that, and I said, where'd he go? And said, Hollywood said, where'd who, where'd who go? go? That's what it felt like, the whole dang game. So, yeah. But he was inverted. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wanted to ask you guys, what favorite gaming moments do you have any? Ooh, man, oh. there's the good ones out there. You know, I, I think a lot of them – uh, socially came from before online was even out and you're playing at home with friends, you know, and they come over after school or whatever the case may be and, and play with you and you're there with them and you're like, Oh, did that just happen? <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? Like those moments yeah. I 
big miss, but you, you still get a lot of that. And uh, I'm, 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 I miss the good old couch co-op moments. I'm with yeah. you, Keith. There's something special about that, um, that no matter, I think, how much we try, online gaming doesn't quite offer the same type thing. So, yeah, but has there been a single gaming, like, have you been playing a game that has just left you dumbfounded or shocked or just touched emotionally, like, oh, my God, I can't believe that just happened? Oh, you yeah. know not to not to be too recent but that first last of us game man that really that that really got me with that storyline and the ending and things like that you know i think because it was so cinematic it's easy to relate to but man that one they did a good job with that storytelling on there um you know i can think of a, a million games that really kind of uh, got to me but that one recently is is right off the top of my head Jason, how about you? Well, there's been a, a few here and there. I mean, there was moments even in a, even in a game that wasn't overwhelmingly amazing, like a Bioshock. You know, um, the ending of that was <laughs> that left me kind of uh, wowed. But um, I, I would say, would you kindly? If I what? Would you kindly? That's the word. That's the phrase that he uses to always get him to do what he needed to do. Yeah. Yep. Would you kindly? Go ahead. Um, I would say if I had to pick one, I would have to sum it up probably in the last two Mass Effect games. Ah, yeah, there you um, go. Where you actually, I mean, I, I, I got goosebumps on my <laughs> arms just remembering it. You know, you, you created such a personal connection with yeah. some of your crew that um, there was some some really touching moments that left I'm not saying I'm an overly sentimental guy, but man, I, I had to turn the game off and go take a break because I was, I couldn't see the TV anymore because I was crying. I mean, who does that? But that was, that was real. Man. Yeah. It was there. For me, for me, one of the things that always, that I always think about, about a game, a gaming moment is in Mass Effect 3. Um, and I remember sitting on my couch playing that on the Xbox, whatever it was at the time, 360 or whatever. I don't remember which version it was. 360. Uh, and I think we can talk about this now. We've, we've surpassed the spoiler-like time frame, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't know by now. <laughs> yeah. And there's a, there's a moment where uh, in Mass Effect 3, for those who remember, um, you're on the, the – the what's the race that were like Tali's race that they're anyway uh Tali uh Tali Zora you remember Tali Zora the blue. so in my in my playthrough Tali Zora she was the one that she was she had to wear the helmet oh the whole yeah. time with the the certain atmosphere because if she took it off she would die she was in there in all three games she was in all three games and um and I killed her <laughs> You're getting Jason. <laughs> I, I killed I killed Tali Zora. Um, you're, you're one of those. I well, I didn't do it intentionally. So the you know you're the Geth are invading, and the, it's like her race and the Geth are fighting, and the and there's another Geth that you befriended, and he's trying to hack into the other Geth, and he's trying to like free them, and she's pleading with you, please, you know, Shepard, don't let him do this, don't let him do. This. And then, you know, I was like, no, just wait, just hold on, just hold on, just hold on. And she takes her mask off and then she just jumps off the cliff. And I remember when that happened, I was like, 
what just happened? Like, oh my God. And then, you know, Shepard runs and like jumps and slides and tries to grab her and he misses and she falls to her death. And I was literally like, I was dumbstruck and I was, I thought, I, I just, I can't play anymore. I just have to, like, I, it's, I, can't, I can't do it. You know, it, it's hard. It's not like watching a movie. It's one step more because you're invested. You're yeah. creating the movie basically as it goes. And oh man, those... Yeah, the Mass Effect definitely really struck us some chords. Yeah. Hey, when when's the live action gonna be? You know, we need some, right? <laughs> need some that of that. Such a, that would make such a great. <sighs> I was here. muted. Yeah, you know, she was a. Yeah, she was a card. So you know, um, at the blue race was the Asari. I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. No, it wasn't the. <laughs> Not that I played that. <laughs> but the, the Asari were different. The Asari had the ones that they never made it with. They were all women. That was the blue. The blue Asari. Yeah. yeah um, Keith was mentioning. Was that the blue race that you were oh, talking about? Oh, said, no, oh, that yeah, was yeah. the Asari. That was the Asari. Yeah, yeah. Keep yeah. up, Doctor yeah. Ramirez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the name of, of Tolly's race. Oh, it's gonna bug me now. You know, I think no, uh, I I lost it when um I lost Dr. Um Solis. Oh my god, when he's singing of going up this up that, the elevator. Oh dude, yeah. Oh, that that was, way way off topic, but you just sure. going up the uh Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater. I don't know if you've played any I never played that. that. I never oh, played that. That one. Same thing, the ending, the music, the cinematics, but you were like climbing up this tunnel, this long shaft at the end. It reminded me of the same thing. It, it's, it, there's like an ambiance to it. The same thing like Mass Effect. They really put that ambiance back there where the rest, you, you got the blinders on and the rest mm -hmm. is like, man, what's happening? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, you know, you were talking about, you know, how games you get, you, you're into it because you're playing, you know, you're controlling, yeah. you have a lot of agency as a player because you're controlling things, you can control the camera yeah. and such. It's one of the reasons why I, I have a very difficult time playing horror games. Um, I tried, the, I tried playing, I can't remember what it was called. It came out a few years ago, uh, the Alien something. Um, oh, the last Alien game from the franchise. From Yeah. And... Yeah, I, it was uh i put like two hours into that game and i couldn't do i couldn't do anymore I, because it's so well done the lighting is so good the sound is so good and for the first two hours you don't encounter the alien you're just trying to walk you're just trying to walk around on this on this space station and it shouldn't take you two hours it took me two hours because i was terrified but it should only it take you up. really about 20 minutes yeah and then it's only really like 20 minutes if, you, if you're like a regular gamer who's not like chicken shit the way like I am. Yeah. But I was paralyzed by fear. I couldn't move. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I ain't going to turn that corner. I saw freaking aliens. I know what happens. And then there's like, the, the minute when you encounter the alien, like you, you meet somebody. And then I was like, oh, here it comes. The alien's going to kill this person. I know it. And then sure enough, the alien kills it. And I was like, I'm out. Uninstall. Because uh, I got on PC. <laughs> you know what? Did you, play, uh, did you play the last Resident Evil 7? The first no, I person? Can't. I can't do it. Hey, I can't that, do it. It freaks me out. That one, you turn off the lights, you get in it, you turn the sound up, and that that got me a few times. The jumps, the 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 where you find yourself getting closer and closer and closer until yeah. like <laughs> that that yeah. game that game has some moments in it. Yeah, I, I can't do that, it. For me, that was that was the first two fear games. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. man. 
the fear I didn't game. play I didn't play Fear Two, but I played through Fear One, and Fear One is pretty amazing. Oh yeah, that was good. Well, until Dawn and all these new ones that they're coming out, where it's a lot of decision-based gaming. Yeah. Creator, I love it, man. Those horror games, you know, I never was never big into them before, but the genre is really growing on me with all the way they're they're putting it together now. Yeah. It, the last one that I actually played all the way through was Dead Space. There was a scene Ooh. where you're walking, oh. you're walking down a corridor, and all you hear is this this rhythmic thumping sound, and you kind of, and then you, you can see down at the end of the hallway a shadow, and there's a guy standing there, and he's like beating his head against yeah. the steel wall. The first Dead Space you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. the first Dead Space. And I was like, I ain't going in there. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> but you got it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I stood in the hallway for like 15 minutes. I'm yeah. like, nope, uh-uh. I'm not going down there. Uh-uh. <laughs> so like, you check nope. your ammo and you, hit the you, know, you make sure your health is good. And you're like, keep creating excuses. And he's just uh, sitting there, bam. He's just like slamming his head into the, into the bulkhead. Over and over and over again. I'm like, nope, I don't need to go down there. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> thank you. That was that was a French. That's a good one. That was a good, yeah. Being alone on a spaceship by yourself, middle of nowhere, when you go out into the zero gravity and stuff. Oh, dude, you just yeah, don't. That's, that's good stuff. <laughs> I I love having those games, and I love getting invested in them. But I've also got to have have a South Park stick of truth or something like that <laughs> to back. Get up, so I play a little, and then go to bed. <laughs> yep. You got the palate cleanser. That's yeah, that's right. My ginger snap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, yep. It's the it's the Disney cartoon after the horror movie that you have. There to it is. Watch. Yeah. <laughs> Although you know, it's definitely keep me entertained. Oh, did you guys play the third God of War by any chance? Uh, is that the one with the boy? That's boy. No, no, that's the very last one. Or oh, the most okay. recent one. Dude, the most but, recent one. Oh, I played that one. But I, no, that I one, uh, that. some of the gameplay in there, I mean, just, you know, you're pressing buttons and ripping heads off. And, you know, it, it's violent, but it, and sexual, too. There were some parts in there where you're like, am I really going to do this right now? Is this me? <laughs> it's like a Witcher game. <laughs> Better make it good, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it goes always, but, uh, yeah, I, I like the little mundane ones too. I, I gotta have some mind naming, some mind numbing games uh, in my repertoire. Yeah. For sure. I'm I'm looking forward to the new Diablo. That's old school. Oh, yeah. I, the I, new I, Diablo I looks fantastic. Diablo Four. Yeah. That opening cutscene that they did. Oh. You know, I've always been into cinematics and stuff, and you you're selling me with those. You know, that's that's me. I'm your demographic for that. So I'm a little I'm a little um, apprehensive about Diablo 4, and the reason why is because Blizzard, who for a long time has been one of my favorite developers, they've they've produced some well they've made some really terrible decisions in the last few years, uh, and uh, and I'm not you know I'm not feeling it. I'm, I'm hoping that okay. Diablo 4 is amazing. You are putting Keith in a very precarious position. I, I <laughs> oh, oh. have to point out that actually promoting his app that is unbiased and it's all player-driven <laughs> and not leaning towards it or not. And you're sitting here talking about Blizzard and Keith's going, dude, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Leave me out of this. Do you this on another episode. <laughs> You know, Glenn Rain, the artist, is is not a good friend of mine. Yeah. 
<laughs> and we won't talk about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, you know what? It's, I, I stay out of it um, as far as, you know, the company goes, but I still have my opinions too. You know, we're, we're all gamers when it comes down to it, but you guys feel free to have that. And I'll just, <laughs> you guys yeah, talk, yeah. <laughs> talk well, amongst <laughs> yourselves. <laughs> and, and I believe me, I do want Diablo 4 to be amazing. I really, really do. I mean, I'm anxiously awaiting the, the upcoming World of Warcraft expansion for Shadowlands, and that's coming up really fast. So I've been a huge WoW, WoW nut for a number of years. I would, love, um, I would love if Halo did another, uh, what was that one they did that was that structure, that MMO, where um, it was like base and tactics. Uh, wasn't infinite. It was uh, Warzone. No. Well, whatever they, no, no, not Reach. It was a, um, you know, a top-up. Uh, the RTS, the RTS version. But they did a great job, and that was yeah. like the original Xbox, I think, or 360 even. But um, yeah, that was they, really good. Be, yeah, they can definitely come out with another one of those, and I'll be all over it. <laughs> yeah, that that was that one was really good. So I have a I have a, a fun thing that I wanted to share with everybody. I, I recreated it. So okay, so just a little bit of background on this. This is a um, this was a there was a video that I saw that was linked on on Twitter, but the person who linked it was not the person who created it. And when they linked it, they didn't actually link like to the other person's account who created it. So I have no idea who created it. I was going to play the whole thing, but then of course there was like copyrighted music going on in the background and that crap. Nah. So I'm not going to play it, but I recreated all the slides and everything. <laughs> okay, so this is even better. Let's see. Yeah, so I thought, well, let me like redo it. I wish I could give the guy credit. I wish I could actually like play his video. If I, if I knew who he was, I would actually give him credit, but I, I can't because so, I don't know who it is. Um, and watch, I'll put this out. We'll put this out on the web, and somebody will tell me, like, oh, that was created by so-and-so. Yeah. Um, but no, but I, I thought it was funny because I wanted to talk about it because it does revolve around pop culture crap. So, are you guys, Keith? Are you a Star Wars fan? Oh, you already know. Okay, all right. Uh, Jason, Jason doesn't care about Star Wars. That's not uh, true. You're tricky. <laughs> I love. I, I, no, 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 no. Don't pull me into that crap. I know better than that. No, I, I, I like Star Wars, and I love making fun of people who are infatuated with Star Wars. <clears throat> Oh, rest in peace, Grand Imahara, by the way. That's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was, so this is uh, this is about all Star Wars, right? It's really fast. I'll kind of speed through this because the, the original video wasn't that, wasn't that long either. But uh, I thought it was funny because I wanted to get, I wanted to get your guys' take on it because there's been, a, there's been some new Star Wars um, stuff in the, in the press lately. Uh, so this is why every Star Wars film has the wrong title. What happens in episode one? We meet Anakin Skywalker, the rise of Skywalker. Years later, we find out that Palpatine, the leader of the Sith, has ordered an army to destroy the Jedi. Revenge of the Sith. In episode three, Order 66 happens, and the clones attack. Attack of the clones. In episode four, Obi-Wan teaches Luke that it's time for the Jedi to return. Return of the Jedi. In episode five, Yoda teaches Luke how to use the Force. The Force awakens. In episode six, both Yoda and Anakin die, which makes Luke the last Jedi. After the Empire is destroyed, a new Empire comes. The Empire strikes back. In episode eight, Luke trains Rey and then sacrifices himself to give the Resistance a new hope. 
Finally, uh, in episode nine, Palpatine returns from the dead, making him the Phantom Menace. <laughs> I have never been so blown away. <laughs> right? That's why I had to share it. Because I'm like, the dude was totally right. I don't know why he is so right, but he's so right. <laughs> that's as good as he gets right there. I mean, that's, that's gold. I, I, I don't have any rebuttal. That's, that's yeah, perfect. I'm, cool. <laughs> so there there are rumors do you guys know who doomcock is doomcock I yeah. mean, <laughs> um what are we talking about i have commentary but i'm going to refrain <laughs> so <laughs> you have commentary come on man let's hear the commentary no 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 i'm i'm thinking back to a uh a old doom He's thinking of those uh, blurry HBO channels. <laughs> those blurry HBO channel? No. no, actually, I was thinking of uh, the you guys. Well, shoot, you probably know Lucy, but you remember the old, the actual old PC version of Doom, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, when hacking was still just a sport, <laughs> way back when, one of the first things I ever remember from Doom being hacked was animated penises running around and trying to kill you. Ah. <laughs> so when you said Doomcock, I thought that's what you were talking about. <laughs> Eight-bit pixelated penises coming at you, and you're trying to shoot them or put them up with a chainsaw. <laughs> no, this is this. So this is Doomcock. Yeah. So yeah, this is Doomcock live from the center of the earth. Uh, he's a he's a villain, but he he has. Uh, it's quite amazing. Like it's an, it's really interesting what the internet has created in all of this. Um, so this is a character nobody knows who. He, well, I'm sure some a few people might know, but uh, as far as the internet is concerned, the internet has no idea who this guy is. He does all of his videos like this, and he shares a lot of um, information coming out of Hollywood that's supposed to be like you know insider information. And he was pretty much spot on when the last. Uh, I think might have been the last two Star Wars films, definitely in the last one and in, in the final, you know, episode nine, might have been with episode eight as well. I mean, he was releasing um, rumors that were happening and spiraling around Lucasfilm at the time. And he was, he was spot on in all of his assessments before the movie ever came out. So he knew like the whole plot before it ever launched and, and all this kind of stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Kathleen Kennedy under the mask. Wouldn't that be a hoot? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say either that or <laughs> but he's been talking about how doomcock's been talking about how uh disney is hurting so much because of star wars i mean they paid george lucas something like four or five billion dollars to get the to get the rights uh and all oh. they've been able to do is barely break even I, I think they still haven't actually broken even yet on their investment so it's been a total star wars has been a gigantic turd for disney uh and and now there are rumors coming out of Disney and of Lucas out of Lucasfilm that Disney is thinking of redoing the last trilogy to basically get rid of it because it's they. I think Disney is finally realizing, according to Doomcock, that the, mm. that the last trilogy is just a stain on the <laughs> franchise and has really hurt them. I mean, even before the pandemic hit, nobody was going to the Disneyland experience over there at Disney World. Nobody cared. Nobody's been buying the toys. Nobody, you know, yeah. uh, it, it made money. So while the, the trilogy made money, it did not make stupid money the way they thought it 
was going to. No, and it didn't have the same nostalgia. It didn't have the same sure. feel to it. I mean, I'm sure everybody and their mother says the same thing, but it, it was definitely noticeable. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there, there are three rumors that he has revealed um, that are that Disney is currently floating around. One was that they were going to. One is to bring Lucas back, to bring George Lucas back into Lucasfilm. And I just saw that. Actually, yep, and basically have him recut the film, and uh, and and but maybe recut it or maybe add some additional scenes that change um, Luke Skywalker's actions from you know from the last film. Uh, so that was one. I would love to see them do that because I think it would be a total train wreck if they did that. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It would, it would, it would be an absolute disaster zone. Yeah. Um, and it would just, you know, I need that. I need Disney to just say, oh, we're going to make all these changes. Look at how we screwed up even further. For those um, of you that don't recognize out there or haven't realized Lucy yet, um, uh, he's the guy that if you're playing a game of Jenga, um, doesn't want to play, but he'll come by <laughs> and pull the bottom piece out and watch everybody get pissed off, and he walks Yay! away. So, this <laughs> <laughs> yes, the the other rumor was that they were going to do. The other rumor is to make a film to make to basically completely erase episodes um, seven, eight, nine, and the way that the idea that Disney has floated is that they would create a brand new. Uh, trilogy for seven, eight, nine, and in seven, there would actually be some like time travel bullshit that would happen, where you know when when Palpatine like gets thrown down at the end of Return of the Jedi into that, into that pit, right? And he basically exploded. That they would go back. Somebody would some Jedi somehow, maybe zooming around the sun or something like they did in Star Trek Four. I don't know, but oh, would go. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could see it now. Episode seven, like uh, the the opening scene, and it's Skywalker, and he he wakes up from a dream, and it's like that's oh, exactly what oh, I was gonna yeah. say. He wakes up. <laughs> he had the vision quest. He could see the next you know two hundred years play out. He knew exactly what yeah. to do and how to change it. I well, can see idea, that. The idea is like they would some Jedi or whatever would go back in time and actually make sure that Palpatine is dead, and that would basically erase. Episode seven, eight, nine, and they could redo seven, eight, nine. Um, so that that was that was one idea, um, and then I don't even remember what the third one was. Something That's definitely something a train wreck. Way happen. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, definitely, you could just take Mandalorian and and all these other spinoffs and and make a great just just keep going that direction. I'm I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? You already you already you already did those ones move on yeah. but in all <laughs> fairness you know what that version of time travel either one of those makes 10 times more sense than what was introduced in the very last avengers endgame so you know what i'm good with that so uh, ex oh. expand on that a little bit no i don't want to <laughs> no, do that yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no you already brought it up you expand on that That's because i hated i i disliked that movie uh, just as much as much so you, I'm sorry, you what? I disliked what that? that movie. Oh, okay. I was going to... Keith is like, what? What did I watch? <laughs> <laughs> you guys didn't like the big epic battle at the end? That was... Nope. 
That was the yeah. whole moneymaker right there. I know. I, I was so disappointed. We got to the big bat. I was so disappointed. I, I have never been so excited to see the end of a series of movies that I loved so much as I was when that ended. I'm like, just be done. Because you guys, if you continue <laughs> this for another 10 minutes... It's going to get worse. And I didn't think that was possible 10 minutes ago. See, so, and so Keith, we're waiting for you to like just tell us how exactly how we're wrong. This is what we do. We talk, <laughs> no, and, then we, and then we're like, we piss people off, and then they come back and say, you're wrong. And we go, okay. <laughs> oh, this is the one epic movie where I'm okay going to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? That giant soda I just drank. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. you know what though? I, I'll I'll change the subject just ever so slightly. Sure, is the Mandalorian, or I mean, not the Mandalorian, the Mandarin. Is the Mandarin going to be the new saga? Is that the new uh, villain? I've I've heard yes and no. I've I've heard of that, but hopefully it's a better version than was in Iron Man. Yeah, the guy in the tunnels. With the <laughs> well, because remember, they ha they tried to have the Mandarin in Iron Man 3 or whatever it was, and yeah. it turned out to be an imposter or something yep. like that. Like, he yeah, wasn't he was really a, the, the Mandarin. He was yeah, an actor. Yeah. 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 Talk about going over, like, a fart in church. That was horrible. Or yeah, like the, the guy throwing the dead bird in our last episode. That's about <laughs> what that looked like. <laughs> <laughs> Fly, fly! No, it's dead. <laughs> I wish I had good comebacks, but you guys are kind of nailing it on the head here. I don't <laughs> so, you know, there's there's a, a friend of mine I've been trying to get him to watch the Captain Marvel movie because, uh, well, I hated that movie. You watched hated, it? Hated, 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 hate, 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 hate it. Yeah, I could not stand that movie. It was just so bad. But yeah, you watched it. watched it. Oh, okay. I went to the movie theater to see it. Captain Marvel. Okay, so the character, the character of Captain. Yeah. Okay. Right. We're gonna do this, mother. Okay. So <laughs> I was I was in that same disappointed theater too. Oh yeah. I'm, so Carol Danvers is Captain Marvel, but before she was Captain Marvel, she was Miss Marvel. Before she was Miss Marvel, she was also binary and she was warbird but that's neither here nor there i loved i've always loved the character of carol danvers i was really excited when i heard that they were making a movie with carol danvers and then i went to the movie theater and i was like what the hell is this crap because brie larson couldn't work her couldn't act her way out of a wet paper bag um they could have replaced her with a two by four with an angry face drawn on it and the two by four would have done a better right. job of acting you know the acting the the climactic I'm doing air quotes, climactic, you know, and all of it, and and the secret unveiling of you know the cat scratch in the eye. It's like, yeah. Uh, Jason's like he's like smirking, <laughs> like he knows something. He's like, did you you didn't see the movie, did you? No. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, hey, wait, hold on. Spoiler alert. Though. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's okay. I'm not gonna. <laughs> did you did you stay for after the credits too for um uh spider-man the homecoming the last one i don't think i did i don't remember yeah with uh 
Yeah, him taking a little break in the spaceship. No, you're gonna have to go YouTube that then. I'm not okay. Gonna... Okay. Yeah, I don't, think <laughs> I, saw, I don't think I saw it. No, I didn't, nothing comes to mind. Yeah, you know, Fury, Fury made a little appearance, so we'll see. Okay. All right. So let's get back to talking about video games. Uh, okay. Jason, you had a, you had an idea about uh, something to talk about in terms of the topic. Well, and we were we were talking about especially over this uh, the last few months the social isolation that everybody's um, kind of been going through and experiencing. And I know a lot of people are looking to video games to try and kind of bridge that gap. And, you know, we, we made a, a reference earlier. There's no more um, living room couch co-op and video games. Everything's online. Um, so I wanted to get your take, Keith. You're probably more connected in the video game social climate than, than either uh, Lucy or I are. Um, do you think that video games are going to be able to, to bridge that gap? Um, if so, how? Mm -hmm. And I mean, we've seen such a huge spike in even behavioral health cases over the last six months. Um, is, is there an answer in video games or is, is it a contributing factor towards the social distancing that was happening um, before COVID existed, and I'm, I'm not talking about six foot of space, I'm just talking about person interaction. So what do you think? Yeah, you know, I don't, well, we're getting them on the deep questions now, but you know, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I definitely saw that heading in that direction. You know, my nephew is an avid gamer, but he doesn't know what his friend's faces look like. He, he's, it's all online. He's got no interaction with them in person. So I definitely see this future kind of going in that direction, but there's saving graces. I, you know, um, it might not be your buddies coming to play Mario party really anymore, but it's definitely something that's interacting within the family. You know, I, every single friend I know that has children, I'm sure you're the same way. They play these games with their kids. They're showing them the nostalgia They're they're getting in on it as long as they're into the same things, obviously, well, gaming in general. But the other side of it, too, is, you know, even with COVID and, and the social distancing mandate and all this kind of stuff, but it's happening not at your house, but at these locales now, these cafes, these lands, but well, it's not land really anymore, but at these um, arenas and at these places, people are going, hey, um, meet me over there today. Let's go play some Fortnite or something. It, you know, it's not necessarily enjoying the same screen and the same experience, but you're in the same room sitting next to each other, hanging out. You're, you're really being social still. So I, I think it's going to go either way. You know, people will always keep it social and, and hang out in the same circles. But, you know, unfortunately I did see a lot of that, you know, like I said about my nephew and, and some people I've seen that, it's contributed to being something you just do at home. You know, you can interact over a headset, but you don't get the same, you don't get that same experience. It's hard to describe, you know, it's, it's, it's you and your buddies watching the one screen and are you, are you screen checking me, bro? No. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm putting the <laughs> block up. <now>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, there's, it's, there's pros and cons, just like with everything else. But I think it's going to stay social. I think it's going to go to other locations, maybe not your house so much. But I think people are still going to be hanging out. And, you know, at our age, we go to these places to drink and, and watch, you know, on ESPN and stuff like that and still enjoy it together. 
Well, it's, it's just an interesting thought that I, w- I was looking at the other day. And, you know, um, I'm not a, a MMORPG, quiet Ford, and or whatever the... We're not LGBTQ, man. We're not LGBTQ. No, and I've, I've never been into the massive um, multiplayer games. I, I, I wasn't really into World of Warcraft. I know, I know that breaks Lucy's heart because he's... It does, it does. Still, he's Azeroth is hanging right behind me. Yeah, I know. I got it. Um, yeah. You know, I'm more of the... Uh, I'd rather play uh, Rainbow Six or Splinter Cell with my one good buddy or two, you know, uh, co-op storyline type thing because... I, I really like that immersion into that and then still having a social interaction, even if it is on a headset, but yeah. you're doing that together. And it just seems like a lot of those um, massive multiplayers, it's almost the, the anonymity that I feel kind of loses that connection. Just an observation yeah. from There's, me. You know, did you ever play Army of Two? Yes. That, there yeah. you go. I mean, that was done so well. It's you, you have to have two people to play, basically, and you're cooperating, and it's so much better right there in person. Yeah, sure, you know, you could do a lot of the same stuff on, on the headset, but I get what you're saying. Those, those MMOs and, and the RPGs and stuff are just really sort of... It's character building. It's creating a separate life outside of your own where it really sort of absorbs all of your day. You know, no, no offense... Dr. Ramirez, but same thing. I really never got into him that much because it's so time consuming. So time consuming. Right. I, you know, I got into LOL in the beginning a little bit just because it was the thing. And, and I had a PC at the time and it definitely took up some of my year, <laughs> but uh, I just like couldn't, couldn't immerse really into it as much as I could, you know, playing a, a campaign, a story mode, and, and getting into it for X amount of hours, it, it just really satisfied me more personally. Sure. No, well, and, and you know, I played a, a game, and, and bless their hearts, they, they tried real hard. The game, I didn't think the gameplay itself was amazing, um, but it was called um, A Way Out. And it right. is a purely cooperative game. It's a two-person game. You have to have two people. And... Interestingly enough, only one person has to buy the game and you can actually invite a player because it's physically impossible for one person to play it. You have to have two people working together. And so you play two um, um, uh, prison inmates who are trying to escape. So you have to work together and you have to, you know, one's pulling a valve and the other one has to match and you have to time and sync up and it's kind of that whole back-to-back walking up the canyon or uh, idea. Right. Um, it was really – I thought it was, It took co-op to a whole new level, which was really neat. Um, unfortunately, the game just wasn't overwhelmingly amazing, so I don't think it got any accolades. But I remember games like that. Uh, the Splinter Cell Chaos Theory, I think it was. Yeah. You, yeah, that you was... had to have a partner to get into certain areas. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's. I feel like we've lost a lot of that – I understand you're never going to get the couch co-op back where you've got two people doing the same thing. But um, I just feel like some of that's lost in that massive world. Um, and, I, and I don't know if that's – maybe I'm, that's not a problem. Maybe it's just something that's maybe not for me as a gamer. Yeah, it's definitely a bias. You know, everybody's got uh, whatever floats their boat. Everybody's a little different. 
Well, I just think it's because you're old and out of touch. That's my personal opinion. Uh, <laughs> the world's a mirror, sir. I'll say that to you again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, when I when I was at when I was at the height of my playing World of Warcraft days, like uh, two weeks ago. Well, yeah. no, no, years, years before that. Not why I Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I used to I used to do raids and it, what were called raids, and it would, they were forty man raids at the time. So you'd have to have thirty nine other people that you would have yeah. to get together. And right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> back in that, you know, yeah, I was playing when when they were doing when that thing came out. Uh, you know, one of the things that was really difficult about World of Warcraft at the time, I. I I haven't raided now. People tell me that it's just, it's even more diff difficult or whatever, but the raids aren't as big. One of the challenging things was coordinating 39 other people and, and getting them to, to all battle as, as a cohesive unit. And some of the, many of the battles are actually pretty com complex um, yeah. where, you yeah. know, you, the raid has to shift at a specific moment in time you know, there are certain visual indicators that tell you that you have to do that. But now, rather than just your partner and, and coordinating with one person and saying, okay, we got to go over here, you have to do that with 39 other people. And if people yeah. do it incorrectly, then the whole, the whole raid wipes, meaning everybody's dead. Um, you know, and I never met any of those, any of my guild at the time that I was in. I've never met any of them face to face, uh, but I'm still friends with all of them. Yeah, you know, it definitely builds connections. I mean, even if you look at Destiny now, going in on raids and stuff together, it's it's the same concept, maybe yeah. quite, you know, not the same numbers, but yeah. it's it's a it's a friend building kind of game, and yeah, it, you still get some people in there. You know, I I might not like to grind on Destiny as much as everybody else, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're talking like 2006. I know WoW came out in 2004, but I think it was right around 2005, 2006 that I was really raiding. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's now 14 yeah. years, 14 years to have gone by. And you know, we have, it's like, it's like a, uh, it's like a high school reunion, right? There's a Facebook page that we have and you know, everybody's part of that Facebook page and, and yeah. people post pictures all the time on there. And of course the raid, you know, the guild changed over the years and I kind of, we, a lot of us went our separate ways and then other people came in. So there are people that I don't even know. But every once in a while, I'm really surprised when pictures come up, and I'm like, "Oh, there I am!" Like, you know, there's my character, you know, right up front. You know, um, and and when, especially if all of a sudden I get I get messages on Facebook with people tagging, "Hey, you remember when you know he did this?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, they're talking about me." I <laughs> you you yeah. got your inside jokes, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm still I'm still friends with a lot of those folks, you know, and I at least I wish them happy birthday when their Facebook. You know, when it comes up on Facebook. It's when it reminds you, yeah. Yeah, well, of course, when it reminds me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like ever, like all of my other high school friends. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, there's, there's, a, there's still a sense of camaraderie. Now, MMOs have changed a lot over the years. And in some cases, I don't, you know, in some cases, that same type of camaraderie doesn't always exist in, in, in MMOs, especially in World of Warcraft anymore because of the changes that they've made. But, um, but I, I like the, I, you know, Jason, to your point, you, you were talking about like one other person. In MMOs, what's also nice about them is you could do small little dungeon crawls with five people and you can get four of your other buddies together. And when I was playing WoW all the time, 
I would, we would get, I'd get four of my other friends together, close friends that I actually know, like who live here in the Valley and we would play. And that's just a fantastic time. You know, you're on voice chat and, and you're, you know, hooting and hollering and screaming and yelling at one another. And don't step in the, don't, you know, don't stand in the fire, you dumbass and all that. Kind of stupid <laughs> stuff, you know? Well, and, and I'm not um, I'm not hating on any of those um, larger platforms or, or or saying anything of that. Actually, it was more kind of the opposite, I guess. When um, I got locked up in my house earlier this year, and I had uh, work that I was trying to do remote and kids that I was dealing with, I didn't get to jump on video games. But as the extrovert that I am, I didn't have that guild i didn't have that large group to be able to socialize with in a in a normal sense now for for those groups they're not seeing each other face to face i mean you might have people who who are halfway across the country or world even you know that that's the only interaction that they they have and what they're used to so i think for people like that that we're able to still get online connect in the same manner they always have interact in the same way they always have perhaps they were actually less affected by that um social isolation than someone like myself was and and for me it was it was detrimental being at home even for for three weeks i mean you cannot cage a social butterfly like me and not see negative effects my wife was telling me you need to find someone to go do something with before I hit you over the head with a shovel. So, I mean. You could have come down to Phoenix, but you didn't do that. No, 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 no. Someone to connect and go, don't, going down to <laughs> Phoenix, that's, I would rather go see Captain Marvel in the movie uh, theater. Hey. Oh. <laughs> uh, shots fired. I'm feeling a lot of loathing here. Not, <laughs> not for you. <laughs> Well, what about what about the the um, the toxicity? I mean, Keith, you mentioned that you played uh, LOL, League of Legends. Um, I played that for a little bit. Uh, that's supposed to be. I mean, it was one one. It's one of the biggest games on the planet, multiplayer wise, and I think it still is. I know it was at one point. Definitely up there, yeah. Um, and I know the toxicity level of, of people has been has been pretty high in that game. What about that in terms of, of multiplayer? How did you navigate those, or does that affect your desire to play games? No, not necessarily. You know, um, there's definitely been a few lobbies that I've been in uh, in just about any game where you know the person comes in and right off the bat just makes you not want to be in that lobby anymore or on that team. Or you know, luckily you can mute people now. That's okay. But when they start trolling and killing their own team just for fun, or you know. A little more serious when they actually are, are coming in hot with <sighs> remarks and and you know really being negative as far as you know not like what are you doing here why why are you even playing you know you're not having fun you're you're ruining fun for everybody else but I just think gaming in general has really um, set itself apart I think it's it's almost a norm to have that person one out of ten. One out of ten, that person's gonna come into that lobby and ruin everything, or just you know get kicked because you you can boot them now and things like that. But ah, 
toxicities everywhere in the world. I, I don't, I don't think, you know, you're really going to get away from it. And I think, you know, unfortunately some people know how to take something fun and, and make it not fun. And that's pretty much with anything, but gaming's definitely known for it. And we almost, we almost celebrate those people every once in a while. Now. <laughs> you know, there's, there's been award ceremonies and stuff for, you know, best shit talker. And it's, yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's it's out there and and you know i don't know I, I i've got pretty thick skin i was in the military i there's definitely you know not much you can say to make me upset i almost laugh at the creativity sometimes i'm wow really where'd you come up with those things <laughs> <You know? laughs> how'd you put those together so have, have you guys ever taken a, a video game and created your own rules for how to play in the video game with friends oh yeah Oh yeah, yeah. I think Fortnite really has set itself apart in that realm. Where, oh my, I've seen my cousin and and my nephews play with you know their friends in their own private lobbies, and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And they're like, oh, oh, well, he has to do this, and I'm going to do this, and and we're not allowed to do. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, cool, go have at it, you know. And Rocket League, you know, people are just going into bare lobbies and trying to juggle uh, soccer balls with race cars, and, and you know what I mean. There's you make it your own. I, I, pre, I applaud the creativity for these guys. I, I used to, when um, the Xbox came out and there was, it was Halo 2, I got involved in a group of guys uh, online and we would play on Xbox Live at the time because it was pretty new. And there was a map that they, would, they were always creating new ways of playing the game. And at the time, I didn't understand what they were talking about. But one, one time that stands out to me, there was a map in, in Halo 2 where there, on one side was a tower and on the other side was just like the circular platform. And there was some, there was some buildings in between. But at the circular platform, what it was is it was just like, like a gigantic um, trampoline, it was, but it would shoot you straight oh, into yeah. the air, right? And they created, in Halo 2, you could actually fit, you could actually specify what types of weapons you could use. And uh -huh. so they, they used this map and they specified that only the tower had or could people in the tower could, could use sniper rifles, but people on the other side, on the, that teleporter thing, that trampoline, could only use bazookas. And so it was like there would be 20 people in there, 10 to a side, and it was just the honor, the, you know, you're on your honor. Those, those are the only weapons you could use. You had to stay on your side of the, the map. Yeah. You know, it, and it was fantastic. It was great. Yeah, it creates moments and fun. And you know that sandbox kind of stuff goes way back to uh, GoldenEye, like oh, for the sixty-four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you choose the weapons you want to use, oh, yep. yeah. I remember well, specifically. We we did that in Go in in GoldenEye. We we played GoldenEye. I remember we were up for thirty-six hours straight just doing that, doing nothing. We had a big gaming weekend, but I mean. Uh, yeah, even in uh, Halo, doing the sandbox where we yeah. we did uh, vehicle jousting. We actually did vehicle tennis with plasma grenades, just to see, you know, and points scored, and you know all that. No. Um, we did knives only in Modern Warfare. Uh, oh yeah, and that I mean, we was team rules, knives only. <laughs> you just run around, and that's all you did. We, we right. did that stuff all the time. Well, and it keeps things from getting mundane or stagnant, you know, if you yeah. can kind of have fun with it yourself. And, and uh, I, uh, you know, oh, Halo, Halo 3, I think it was um, in that big sand sandstorm level. I remember very specifically um, Xbox, Matador. If there's a guy out there named Matador, 
and you're listening and you remember this, please find <laughs> and message me. So opposite teams, and you know the warthog that you drive in with the turret on the back, right? Yeah. Somehow, at some point during the game, I was driving and he hopped in my gunner's seat, totally opposite teams. I'm running over his people. He's shooting mine and we're totally enjoying it. We, we go the whole <laughs> We get flipped over. We flip it back over. I hop in the seat. He hops in the gunner. We take off again. We did this for at least the entire match and became friends and, and Xbox buddies and all that good stuff and then lost touch. But I will never, ever, ever forget that game. That's fantastic. Well, and, and I, I'll be honest. I had, I had some of my buddies, and, and I'll call them my, my uh, couch co-ops. They kind of almost ruined Halo for reasons like that. And I almost I couldn't play Halo after a certain <laughs> period of time. Um, but, yeah, and that's why Red versus Blue, if you guys remember yep. those, I, yeah, I still get a kick out of those because of moments, I mean, like what you're talking about, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I remember going through, like, YouTube and, and uh, looking for, like, the funniest moments of, like, plasma grenades like the funniest sticks where they throw it across the map and it gets somebody or something random. Like, like, uh, that's, that's great. It's hilarious. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I played games where we could do that more, but I just, I just don't. What, what about, um, what about like board games? I know there are a lot of developers who are creating board games oh, yeah. and video games. Um, and, and it's a lot of fun. In fact, when I was a kid, I used to play a lot of talisman with my cousins which is a big board game, but you'd have to break out all the different boards and set it up all over the house and playing Catan and, um, and Catan. Yeah. yeah. But now, now you can play those right on the game or right on the PC and I don't have to worry about picking stuff up when I'm done. I don't have to worry about <laughs> setup or taking. And that's down. part of the fun. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you, when you lose all those little pieces and you have to make your own. Yeah. That's part of the fun. The more and more we keep talking, I think Keith and I are on a much closer wavelength than you and I have <laughs> you, been. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the beer. That's the beer. It's the beer <laughs> draft. <laughs> Keith, Jason, and Chuck Norris. We're all going to sit around a room and play Monopoly. <laughs> well, we, we probably won't. Even, we're all going to have boardwalk. That's just the way it's going to go. <laughs> That's just the way it's going to go. Everybody gets boardwalk. <laughs> All right. Well, Keith, it's been a pleasure having you on. I really, yeah. really had a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed coming on. Um, love to have you come back again in the future so you can talk more about Button Smasher and what you're doing. Uh, anytime, you wanna, yeah, anytime you want to come on, man, just let us know. I'd love to have you. Jason, yeah. do you have any other questions or comments for Keith? Um, you know, I, I think I did, but I'm good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure you know when we get some updates coming in pretty quick here uh, i'll make sure we reach back out so yeah. we can let the world know although hopefully they'll all be on there already watching so um yeah i would say you know just keep gaming don't let it die out uh, we're all going to be grandparents one day playing and, and they're going to make fun of us but it'll all be there still and it's it's buttonsmasher.com correct buttonsmasher.com that's where uh, they can find you yep Download it on any app store that you have, you know, Android or iOS, and uh, stick with us. Like I said, every single day we're going to be updating, adding new things, and uh, taking that feedback that we get and just making the app better as we go. So it's, it's like I said, it's your community. It's your guys' app. Fantastic. Fantastic. So um, like I said, the show will be up 
we're, we're recording. This is going to go live on Tuesday. So if you're listening, come Tuesday, Wednesday, definitely go out to Button Smasher and check it out. Um, and on behalf of Keith and Jason, I'm Manuel. You've been listening to the Fusion Underground. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Thank you.